longest-running program in the history of 77 WABC, Religion on the Line, with Rabbi Joseph Potasnik and Deacon Kevin McCormick. portion of uh, the news was brought to us by Calvary Hospital. Thank you again, my, my friends. All right, we are live here from Zaverian in Brooklyn, Religion on the Line. I'm Rabbi Joseph Batasna. <laughs> Deacon Kevin All McCormick. Right. We yeah. got, we're on the radio. There are people staring at us as we clapped. It would have been nice if you gave but us you know, a little you love. But intru- you just introduced me to Eileen Long, and yes. I know her family, the Michael Long, for years, head of the Conservative Party. Yep, a great what a, to what a great, and, great uh, family. And a great part of And she's looking for a T-shirt that will fit you. And uh, keep going. It's, uh, <laughs> it's the expanded section ten, there. Ten size. Remember ten when size. years ago with Robert Hall Huskies? Yes, yeah. yes. And then you wore the corduroys. used to rub again. You know what the girls were called? Chubbies. Really? Sad. Yeah. All right. We have the honor of speaking with one of our favorites, and that is Rabbi. David Seth Kirshner, who is the spiritual leader of Temple Emanuel in close to New Jersey. He also is the president of the New York Board of Rabbis. Good morning, Rabbi Kirshner. Good morning, Deacon. Good morning, Rabbi. Thank you so much. We're here in Bay Ridge, Brooklyn. You probably have never come this far. <laughs> um, I was there once it. with my passport. I see. Well, this you is are, you're one, always welcome here, Rabbi. Wonderful school and wonderful location where they have the uh, Chris Hoban Memorial Run. Someone who was an undercover agent who lost his life serving uh, the city of New York. And every year the community comes out to remember him. And I think that's very, very special. Uh, even people who didn't know him uh, come here. Over the years now, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Anyway, Rabbi Kirshner, thank you so much for... Beautiful. Congratulations on... What, how many years have you been doing this, Deacon? Uh, over 20. Uh, we're close to... I think it's 26, to be honest. Well, it's well been... done. It's good to remember these people yep. who put their lives on the line. Yeah. Thank you, Rabbi. Yeah. You know, um, especially when you're part of the uh, NYPD... Uh, sometimes you don't get enough commendation for all that you do. Uh, we hear some of the things that uh, uh, shouldn't be done, uh, but you know, not enough of what is done uh, to protect us uh, on a daily basis. Uh, I want to say thank you to because you were uh, very, very outspoken at an important meeting which was held uh, at the Metropolitan Opera on Friday. Uh, we met with uh, Peter Gelb. And, uh, by the way, we extend our uh, condolences to him. his father, uh, Arthur Gelb, uh, uh, just passed, uh, but we had a meeting with Mr. Gelb Metropolitan because we thought that uh, the decision to present this opera, the death of Klinghoffer, and, and I think that has to also be noted. It's not called the murder of Klinghoffer, which clearly was a murder. It's called the death of Klinghoffer. And just to remind everybody once again, we're talking about a man who was uh, disabled in a wheelchair, who was uh, thrown overboard alive uh, after he was stabbed, I believe, and just left there. You know, left to die in the waters. Um, it, 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 just a horrendous story. Yeah, and. Uh, Unfortunately, that's not the last time we've heard stories like that where hijackers uh, have taken over. We've had so many horrific uh, chapters since that time. To think that it could be an opera that somehow humanizes hijackers is uh, it's just so offensive. And uh, unfortunately, the Met is going ahead with the presentation. What are your thoughts, Rabbi? Well, well Rabbi, I, I think it, it does more than, um, than highlights the hijackers. I think it praises them. Um, you know, I know as much about operas as I know about how to give a root canal, but I do know how to read. And I spent the weekend rereading the libretto of this opera. And what's very clear, both from the title 
and even from the advertisement picture, which is on six-foot display outside the Metropolitan Opera and anywhere else that it um, is being celebrated and portrayed, is that this is an opera that gives empathy to the plight of the Palestinians who part of the PLO, who shot Leon Singhofer simply for being Jewish. And as you articulated, they drew an instant connection between Judaism and Israel, which many of us have, but without foundation here. And um, he was summarily shot, executed in the back of the head, and thrown overboard, just like you said, Deacon. And uh, wheelchair-bound, he was celebrating his anniversary with his wife, Marilyn. And what's powerful to me is that the Klinghoffer daughters, had expressly said in an article in the New Yorker that they find this um, this opera to be offensive. They find it to be anti-Semitic, uh, and that wasn't enough to sway the Met. And what's interesting is the Met made a decision to cancel the HD production of this in Europe because they were afraid of growing anti-Semitism and fanning the flames. So, meanwhile, in the last two weeks, we've learned that anti-Semitism and anti-Semitism means not only anti-Jewish but anti-Muslim also has been on a dramatic increase since May, uh, and especially in this country and especially in the city of New York. But that reason, which caused them to cancel the HD production in Europe, is not causing them to cancel it here in New York. And I think that this is a huge mistake. We we it's live in an era where our leaders need to be more courageous because people are thirsty for courage. And courage is people getting up and saying, I made a mistake, I misstepped. And everyone makes mistakes. I make multiple mistakes every day. You do, Deacon, you do, Rabbi, we all do. Yeah. But I, I give credit to, to the leaders out there, whether, whether we're in total alignment with what their motives are, where they are, who can get up and say, I made a mistake. You know, Roger Goodell, whether you like him, you don't like him, what's going on with... Ray Rice and Adrian Peterson, he's under a lot of fire, but he got up at two different occasions, once on Friday and once ten days before, and said, I totally mishandled the Ray Rice affair. And when he says that, this is a leader who oversees a $9 billion industry, and he has the courage to say, I made a mistake. We had a local rabbi who encouraged his youth to wear hats because he was afraid they'd be targeted for yarmulkes. Forty-eight hours later, he says, you know what, I thought about it, I made a mistake. And I think it's time for Mr. Gelb to stand up and say, listen, I've heard from many people in our community. I understand where they stand from, where they come from. There is an issue of artistic integrity here, but there's clearly an issue of taste, and I'm, I'm not using the judgment of, of everyone else's taste in mind, and this, this opera needs to be canceled. And that's you know, the you, courage I wish you would have. You know, you made something very clear at the meeting, and that is you have the right. No one is questioning someone's right to do something, but whether it's the right thing to do is a different story. Uh, of course, uh, Gelb can, can do uh, as he sees fit, but their decision of that nature uh, has consequences. And we have the right to protest, and we should protest, and people, you know, if they can't attend a rally, should be writing letters. Uh, a number of people have done so already. But I look at the Guggenheim, look at Boston Symphony. They canceled. They thought it was not the right way to go. Uh, and there's no reason why we should have it here. You know, you read the libretto, Deacon, it's what I, I think Rabbi Kirshner will also point out, is you have all of the statements uh, that uh, they talk of their ideals and they talk of their grievances. Nowhere in the libretto does it refute anything they say. So you can walk away from the opera thinking, you know what? They have a legitimate point. Hijack. We ought to rethink it 9-11. Maybe they had some legitimate grievances. This is the mentality here. 
and it's but, a very dangerous one. And by the way, this is not just an affront to Jews. This is an affront to 9-11 families. This is an affront to all of those. You know, um, I think the Met will owe an apology here to Sotloff and to Fo- you know, Foley and uh, to uh, Daniel Pearl's family, all right. those who have been victimized. How do you explain to them why you think this merits presentation rather than cancellation? Brothers, this is offensive to anybody who is a, a person of integrity. Mm-hmm. Um, you're going to say something, Rabbi. I'm sorry. No, no. I didn't mean to interrupt you, Deacon. Of morality also. Anyone who loves morality. And, and this is, I think, the, the key issue at hand here. One of the examples I gave uh, when we met and I shared with my congregation yesterday was there was a pastor a handful of years ago in Florida who decided that he wanted to burn a host of uh, the Koran. Uh, and it got to the point where it got so much press that the Secretary of State actually stopped to intervene. And he, in the end, didn't burn the Koran. And the issue at hand was everyone knew he had the right as an American to burn the Koran. So he wasn't guilty of transgressing crimes. He was just guilty of A, bad taste, and B, stoking the flames of what could be repercussion. And I think that's what the Meta is guilty of right now, bad taste. And if one person in the world, one person thinks, wow, we can glorify murder to the point where one day they'll make a movie or an opera or a a music song about me, then maybe it will cause me to rethink what my role is. And I'll I'll just dovetail one more thing in there, Rabbi Potasnik. On September um, 11th, when the world changed forever in 2001, a few months, I don't remember, six months or a year, maybe two years later, Boston was supposed to have the showing of the opera The Death of Klinghoffer. And they chose in the wake of September 11th that it was an inappropriate time to do so. I would contend that the world is a wildly different place today than it was even this past May with the um, notoriety of ISIS, which is beheading anyone and everyone who's of a different faith, a different nationality, and making this you know, on the front page. You know what's interesting? In the rise in anti-Semitism, and also, I would argue, the war against Hamas and Hamas and ISIS are really congruent. They're almost the exact same yeah. thing with different names. This is similar. It's not the same. I'm not equating them, but it's a similar climate outside to what we had at 9-11. And to continue on with this and not follow the lead of what Boston did, I think, is the wrong move. What's interesting is Peter Gelb, who's the manager of the Med, admits, at least he did at the meeting, that Alice Goodman, the librettist, isn't that, she's written uh, anti-Semitic, uh, her writings have been anti-Semitic. So here's the librettist writing this, and yet it gets sanitized in the name of this artistic, you know, uh, creativity. Uh, and, and by the way, when you're sitting there and you're arguing, it's like artistic creativity uber alles. There's nothing more important than the artistic spirit. Forget morality. Forget decency. That's secondary. Art? Oh, my God. How dare you in any way uh, confront uh, the beauty of art? We're speaking with Rabbi David Seth Kirshner, who is the senior rabbi at Temple uh, Emmanuel at uh, Klauster. Did I say that right? Klauster. Klauster. Right. Oh, Klauster, New Jersey. And uh, the president of the uh, uh, New York Board of Rabbis. Uh, both rabbis, uh, uh, we're, we're teachers, and morality is morality ethics is, is very much essential to what we teach um, and, and what we celebrate and what we pray about and, th- you know, the, the, what we're all about. 
I think we've come to a point where the subjectivity of actions has, has, has gone to the absurd. So I can say, I personally don't think it's a good idea to be anti-Semitic. I personally don't think it's a good idea to destroy life. I personally don't think, but I can't say you're wrong. And I think we have a right to say there are some things that are wrong. That there are certain things that are wrong and things that we don't spend a lot of time speaking about, at least I don't on my pulpit, is that evil is real. Evil is real, and the reason it's allowed to exist is because we allow it to have a manured field that gives it plenty of, of nurturing and nutrients, and it continues to perpetuate its era, and, and one to the point where, where we, we have lost a generation to think that anything is okay I, I personally wouldn't do it, but who am I to judge? I think yeah. that's brilliantly articulated, Deacon. That's exactly what the issue at hand is. Yeah, and, um, you know, it's it's just a sad commentary um, that Lincoln Center, uh, which is known for, you know, a lot of good works, uh, feels that this is appropriate, that you there's not even the thought that it's inappropriate. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's a sad thing, that you're talking evil and they look at you like... You're the you're the bad one. Well, what right do I have to impose my yeah. views on art? Art, art provokes. You know that's the other part of this. Somebody said art provokes. Well, it's provoked, and it's provoked a real response here, not just from one segment, from different segments, from Jews, from Christians, from those on the right, those on the left, those in the middle. Many people find this so offensive, and yet you can't move Lincoln Center because they think, you know. This is their responsibility. They have to. They have to present it. Now, have they sold tickets? I mean, are people coming to this? I, I, I hear the ticket sales are not what they thought it would be. I hope, <laughs> frankly, I hope the place is empty. That's the best way yeah. to do it. Is yeah. to vote with your feet. That's right. You, you know, this is not the first time that art has been challenged. Um, I remember maybe it was twelve years ago, maybe a little longer. Uh, there was some depiction of art at a museum in Brooklyn, actually, that included mm-hmm. Jesus, and uh, there were issues of different mediums that were used in the art that was problematic. If you remember, the great protest Crucifix was in, uh, was in a vat of urine, yeah. and there was a right. picture of the Madonna, a, 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 a sculpture of the Madonna that was covered in elephant dung. Yeah. That's correct. And, and I remember we spoke about it, and, and yeah. we said then it's, you know, it's offensive to Jews as well. That's you know, right. And, and, when did artistic, artistic genius become the super standard of life? Well, you know, Phyllis, I think in a lot of cases, we have people who don't feel they're responsible to anybody else. So I have to do what I do. I'm not the sole judge of my life. My family is, my job is, my friends are, my, 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 my colleagues, my bishop, whoever it is that I'm in relationship with, we've created a world that everybody's isolated. They become the, the, the self-reflecting yeah. and, and self-source of all Rabbi, what's right or wrong. Rabbi Kirshner, I said earlier, you know very well there are certain groups, if you would bash them, if you would glorify some of the hate mongers uh, who attack certain groups, uh, you'd be labeled as a bigot. Here, when you go after the Jews, and as you said years ago, when you go after Catholics, you're a genius. Yeah, well, I have a bigger problem than that. And I agree with you, Joe. I have a bigger problem with that. And the problem is we just came off of a summer of a war that Israel was forced into that it didn't want into that created some level of moral equivalency that is absurd. Just, mm-hmm. There's no other word for it but absurdity. Mm-hmm. When rockets are raining down indiscriminately all over populated areas, targeting men, women, children, and the elderly, and we're going to make some moral equivalency for retaliation after warning, and warning, and warning, and civilian casualties, which every country who does this in return has to, has to deal with. It is a parallel that is absurd. And to then put at the Metropolitan Opera on an arena for everyone else to see on this stage. 
some level of moral equivalency between a PLO hijacker of a cruise ship where people are enjoying their anniversary and murder because of the plight of Palestinians is absurd. And that's wrong. And we need, in the wake especially of this past war, and in the wake of where we are today, to draw some moral equivalency on this is just wrong. And that's the real crime. Peter Gelb said to us in his office, he was asked a very pointed question by someone who joined us, if you could turn back the hands of time knowing then what you know now, would you still go forward with this opera? And he said no, which to me just underscores the whole issue of him digging deep to find the courage to say, I made a mistake. And for that, I would be the champion of his fan club because we all do it. We all do it. And even if he said, I'm in favor of this opera, but so many others aren't, I don't want to hurt them. That's not our purpose here. I would be the champion, and as would all of you, because that's what makes him real. And I think this idea of we're going forward because this is where the train is and how far it's gone down the track already is, is the wrong approach, and it doesn't bespeak of the courage that we need from our leaders in all types of organizations, whether civic or religious. Yeah, let me just take a moment to say thank you, not just you, Rabbi Kirshner, but uh, the others who were at the meeting. We had Michael Miller of the JCRC. We had Malcolm Holmline of the President's Conference, uh, and also Eric Goldstein, who is the head of UJ Federation. Uh, so we're talking about people who very much reflect mainstream thinking, uh, not people who are in extremes, but here... Uh, this is an issue that has brought different segments together uh, in opposition to what's being done by the Met. So Monday, uh, 4 o'clock, there's going to be a demonstration there. There'll be other uh, statements that are going to be uh, published. Uh, there's a very, very moving letter by Rabbi, uh, by Dr. Judea Pearl, father of Daniel Pearl, in which he uh, uh, laments the fact uh, that uh, the opera is going forward. Uh, he wishes they would stop. And, you know, when you hear that from father of Daniel Pearl, how how can you not be moved right. by it? There's you know, a little value to it. Yeah. Uh, but, but the Met is doing it. So, Rabbi David, we only have a few uh, more minutes left, but uh, this, is, this is your Super Bowl week. <laughs> this is where uh, this, is the, you know, this is equivalent to, to a Christian's Holy Week, the most important uh, liturgical and religious part of the year. So uh, just know that uh, Zavarian community will be praying for your congregation in particular, but all of our Jewish brothers and sisters uh, this week as we celebrate uh, really just a wonderful time of reflection, of renewal, and uh, remembering the graciousness of our Lord. Deacon, thank you. It really touches my heart to hear you say that, because I know you're not only speaking to me, you're speaking to all of our brothers and sisters, and God bless you. Yeah, listen, we pray that it be a new year for all people. Uh, you know, if you just pray for your own people, your prayers are incomplete. So you come Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur, and you pray for a better world. And that's not going to happen unless everybody participates uh, in that direction. So That's right. Our, our, our new year is 5,775, which is the new year not of the Jewish people, but of humanity. And that's how we keep time, when humanity began. And if we just focus on our own people and become insular in silos, we won't survive. We've always survived thinking of humanity, and that's our, that's our secret sauce. And we have to make sure that we keep that in mind. Well, the Holy Fathers of the last almost 60 years have made it clear that the, the Jewish faith is our, are, are our brothers and sisters and that we are tied to them and not independent of them. And so well, my thought is if my older brothers and sisters are doing well, they're going to they're kick down to their, their little kid. <laughs> and by the way... Uh, Pope Francis is to be commended. He just met with some Jewish leadership uh, in Rome, and he said that we stand with the Jews. He says they targeted Jews. They're targeting us now. We need to stand with one another. Uh, and in light of all that's been said here, uh, all the more reason uh, why uh, we need to reinforce uh, you know, this kind of uh, bond that we have uh, 
in the Jewish Christian world. And we hope that Muslims also will stand with us and separate themselves completely uh, from those who seek to destroy. Rabbi David Seth Kirshner, Temple Emanuel, close to New Jersey, uh, and an outstanding spiritual leader, beloved by the community, beloved by the congregation, and we're very privileged to have him as president of the New York Board of Rabbis. Speak to you soon. Thank you. I wish all your listeners a happy, healthy, sweet new year, a safe new year, and uh, may all our blessings be fulfilled. Now, after the high holy days, we're out to dinner, and it's on Joe. You got it. I'm ordering okay. desserts. <laughs> Wait a minute. I've seen how you guys eat. Let me start uh, saving right now. I think it's very interesting that you say you'd order two desserts, and I was thinking of something else I would order. But anyway. <laughs> all right. Bye-bye now. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.